My biggest fear would be when the first comes and I don't get the rent. I found that my tenant had dumped concrete down my toilet. Can you believe Fair Housing fined me $5,000 for that? How do you onboard your tenants? What do you do? I don't even know if I do it right. If you're a landlord, don't just rent, rent perfect. The Rent Perfect Podcast with property expert and private investigator, David Pickron. Well, welcome to this episode of the Rent Perfect Podcast. Pretty excited to always have uh, my business partner and my good friend and our legal counsel, Denny Dobbins, joining us today. Denny, thank you so much. Um, We love to have you just to clarify, you know, some of this stuff um, that we as landlords struggle with. Um, I know that you put 10 attorneys in the room, you have 10 different opinions, but we certainly appreciate your your awesome mind. And just to let our audience know that, uh, you know, Denny was a co-author of the crime-free addendum. If you've ever heard of that, which was, uh, which is a pretty big deal. Um, Denny's been on hard copy. Denny's done probably all types of laws. How many evictions do you think you've done in your, your lifetime? Uh, well, you know, I got, I got a book that was coming out and I think we calculated somewhere around 300,000. Yeah. So, not uh, in today's society, you can't be super happy about 300,000 evictions and, and, you know, but the fact is it just gives him an insight and he's been in front of many judges in many cases. And Denny, today I want to talk about guns, which, which, you know, you even say the word for some people, it's just a little bit taboo. Um, but we need to really talk about as landlords, what is our responsibility? What is our liability? You know, and where does it start and where does it stop? And I know over the years we've really talked about the Martinez case. And I think that if we can really lay out at the beginning of this podcast, the Martinez case, it kind of will guide us through how to deal with guns uh, through this podcast and then certainly help those that are listening. So will you give us just a little bit of an overview of the Martinez case and liability? Yeah, I won't go through the facts here, but I'll tell you kind of the fallout of Martinez. Basically, what you have is it's about negligence law, and there are several prongs to negligence law. The first prong is, does a landlord have a duty to a resident, and what are the duties to a resident? Okay. And also to the guests and the invitees of the resident. So that's stuff like provide a safe house, um, you know, make sure that uh, any obstacles that could hurt somebody that are taken care of kind of like a cracked sidewalk or, I mean, I think there's so many things on a property that if we see there's a danger, we have a responsibility to fix it. Right. The The actual fallout is, the law is, if a landlord knew or should have known about a danger or peril on the property, then the landlord must make reasonable remedies Timely. Right. Now, I understand no, but should have known? Should have known. Right. Should have known. So no more sticking your head in the sand, no more saying, oh, I just didn't know that. Right. If you're going to be in the industry of being a landlord, then there are certain things you must know about your duties. Okay. And I'll give you an example, a very simple example, and that is you got a tree that you planted, and now over the years it's grown. And we, we've all seen this in our neighborhoods or wherever we've been in life. And now the roots have grown underneath the concrete slab of the sidewalk. Okay. And it's starting to lift up the slab uh, at the seam where it can break and start lifting. And, and so 
it happens slowly over time. And it goes, you know, eighth inch, quarter inch. Uh, is it a big deal inch. at an eighth inch? Eighth inch? Is Maybe it a big not. deal at a quarter inch? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but so it becomes a tripping hazard at some point. It becomes a hazard. So you have a situation where it's nighttime. Hopefully your lighting's good, but if it's not really good, uh, you have a somebody coming to visit a, a renter at the at at a, a guest of your renter a coming guest, to visit. Right? Yeah, a guest. Uh, it could be a single-family home. It could be a multifamily okay. property. And this person walks down the sidewalk and hits that lip with their shoe, and they go down. And this person has brittle bone disease, and they have devastating injuries with broken bones. Well, is this the landlord's responsibility? Did they have a duty to this particular person? And the answer is very simple. Yes, they had a duty to make sure that it was a safe environment. And so how do you do that? You have a remedy that you must inspect, investigate your property, and make sure you don't have hazards on the property. Right, because you are the owner of the property, not the renter. That's renter correct. renter would not be held responsible for that at all because they're not the owner. Right. So you do have duties as an owner that you should or could have known. Right, and you may have insurance to help cover that, but now your insurance rates go up or maybe the right. insurance doesn't cover it all. So you have to look at it and say, okay, was there a duty? Yes, there was a duty. But for the actions or inactions of the landlord, would this not have happened? And in this case, you could look at it and go, yeah, his inactions caused this. And then lastly, you'd have to you, there's one more prong, and you, you have to look at it and say, okay, was what actually happened because the landlord did not fix this concrete, this root problem? Right. Was it foreseeable? Was the very thing that happened foreseeable because of this? And you'd have to look at that and go, a reasonable person would have to say, yeah, that was foreseeable. Because it's a constant hazard. It hasn't changed. Right. It sits there. It's a hazard day after day after day. Right. But what I wonder about is how responsible am I for my tenant's actions? Right? Could I foresee these people's actions? And if I could have or should have known their actions, how liable not am i and that is why you are here today well that that's uh it goes directly it always funnels back into this negligence right. um, analysis okay and you have to look at all of these issues through the negligence analysis and um, when you do that you can kind of start seeing real quickly for instance the people that you maybe hire as your if you have a manager well what's what's your duties here now how does it work and so you got to start going through this analysis of well right. who did i hire why did i hire him and what do i need to be aware of right you know i think of um whether you hire or you rent to and you do your kind of your background check and you do your due diligence and you can see as far as guns we're going to talk about today you see someone has an excessive weapons charges excessive violence assaults um you probably could assume that um, if they have a reckless history in the past that could have, they could cause some issues into the future. I mean, correct? Well, the best way to I tell... I mean, isn't that why we do background checks? Yeah, I mean, the best way to tell about future actions of somebody is their past actions. Right. And that's the whole reason for background. Right. So someone fires off a weapon that has a history of that in their background check, I maybe be held responsible for, I should have known that would happen. But someone who exactly. doesn't have any of those violations in the past, 
I probably will not be held responsible because I wouldn't have known that that had ever happened before. Is that an easy way to, to kind of... That's a good way to analyze it. Uh, y for example, if someone had a theft um, and then they shoot somebody on the property, well, did the fact that you knew about that theft make you aware yeah. that this person was going to go off the rails? I don't think it makes the leap. I don't, it, just you, don't you can't make that leap. Yeah. But, but if somebody had a, an attempted murder and now they actually shoot somebody, it's not much of a leap. You got to yeah. be careful, right? So that that's just in the background area, but you got every single area of a landlord's duties. Right. There's a lot of duties. But if you should have or could have known, is a very good, very very good way to start this discussion. So let's let's move on to guns. Can a landlord restrict a Second Amendment right in a home they own and they have control of? Well, the unhelpful answer to that is yes. Um, okay. I guess th maybe the question is, should they? Um, what What is the, what are me, the liabilities? Tell, tell me why the unhelpful answer would be yes. It's because you own the property and you have the right to manage your property the way you, you want to? Yeah. Yeah, you can okay. do what you want. As long as it property. doesn't violate protected classes, but gun owners aren't protected classes, and so it kind of falls out. Like you couldn't tell people what religion to practice in their home because right. that's a protected class, but because guns aren't a protected class, w but well are maybe, they maybe not that protected? Exactly. Maybe that's a better question. I, is our gun, our guns owners protected? Uh, well, I think they are under the Second Amendment. They are. There is a protection under the Second Amendment. And, right. does, and so the question is, does that apply to landlords when they're renting out a unit? Right. And so that's kind of how we need to look at it maybe. And so... A landlord is kind of caught in a catch-22. So if the landlord says, yes, you can have a gun on the property, and now somebody that has that gun on the property goes off the rails again and hurts somebody with that gun, is the landlord liable because they said the tenant could have a gun? Or on the other side, the landlord says, no, you can't have a gun on or in the property. Somebody breaks in the home and shoots the tenant now is the landlord liable because he didn't allow them to defend themselves right and so those are the two ways you have to look at it and for me as a former landlord i look at it in my interpretation of the law what i understand about the heller case which was the first big case on on weapons that basically said the supreme court said look the second amendment right is a personal right you have a personal right to weapons are there restrictions? Can there be restrictions? Yes, there can be restrictions. You can't bring it into, you know, a school. You know, different different things that you don't want weapons around. But for your personal home, that's your sanctuary. This is where this is where you live. This is where you take care of your family. This is where you sleep. You spend a lot of time in your home. Do you have a right to a weapon there? Well, if you're renting, does a landlord have the right to say no? You don't have a right. Um, which side does a landlord want to be on? How do you, how do you right. take care of your liability? And so I look at it, if you say no, you can't have a weapon, are you going to be the guinea pig for that Second Amendment case? I don't want to be that person. Right. On the other hand, if you say yes, 
do you want the liability of having said yes? So I have a few ways that I like to look at that to say, how do we protect the landlord who says, yes, I'm going to allow this tenant to have Second Amendment rights in their home? One is you do a good background and you make sure, you know, you you have rent perfect do the background. So you make sure that this person doesn't have something in their criminal past. That puts people at danger, including you as a landlord. Right. It doesn't put you on a level to know or should have known that this guy is going to do something stupid. Right. So that's that's one thing. So you then implement the crime-free addendum where the tenant signs this addendum that basically says, hey, I agree to live a crime-free lifestyle, and if I don't live a crime-free lifestyle, you can evict me. Which is in the rent-perfect lease um, template Good. right inside the lease. So many of our clients have that protection already. But if you don't and you want an addendum to, to add to your lease, go ahead and email us at info at rentperfect.com and we'll send it to you. There's also something else you do. Yeah, there's one other thing in, in my lease that I've kind of developed over the last 30 years. I have a weapons provision. And the weapons provision basically says, hey, you can have a weapon in the home, but you have to use it safely. You have to store it safely. You can't brandish it in the common area. You can't show it off. Wave it in the front yard to the neighbors. Can't do that. Can't do any right. of that. You have to you have to keep it in your home, and you have to get it into your home, into the unit, inconspicuously from your vehicle. Okay. I mean, you, that means you don't take your AR, put it on your shoulder, or right. carry it like Rambo. Right. I can see that in a multifamily walking around yeah. the pool area. I'm on my way to my home here. Yeah, this is. A, <laughs> this, I'm not. I'm not uh, brandishing. I'm just carrying. Right. So. Basically, you inconspicuously get it into your home, put it okay. where you want it, safely. And you have this in this uh, lease uh, provision yes. that we can go ahead and pass out to you, too, if you want to email us at info at rentperfect.com. really needs to be inside of your lease. makes you look like you've, you've thought about it, you've managed it. Uh, if you ever get in a situation, it's a lot better to have it than to say, I've never even thought about that. Because as a landlord, you should have or could have known that these situations happen. Now, I don't mean to back up here, Denny, at all. But why is this even an issue as far as I can't go into a bar or a bank or other? Uh, they're, they're private businesses, but they're kind of public areas, kind of like the ADA that... that, that uh, you know, that businesses have to follow as far as wheelchairs and all that good stuff, right? Even though they're private businesses, they still have a public duty. So tell me the difference between a bank and a home you rent. I mean, is those two spaces different? Well, I think they're apples and oranges as okay. it comes to allowing weapons. For, for example, I, I've seen a lot of uh, comment on this, and a lot of attorneys take a different uh, take on it than I do. And they, they look at it as, look, y- units, rental units are the exact same as going into a bar or a restaurant or anywhere right. else. I say it's not the same at all because when you go into a bar or a restaurant, for example, or anything like that, you're really going in as a licensee. Yes. Uh, you have a license to come in here. Right. Don't be an idiot or we'll kick you out. Right. And so they can say hey, no guns in my bar or my restaurant, and if we find out you have one, we're going to kick you out. Right. Fantastic. But when you do that in a, in a rental, a residential right. setting, well, wait a second, that's not quite the same because when you sign that lease, you gave up control of the inside of that right. unit to the renter. 
right to yeah. come and go as they please to use it as they please the right. entire facility the entire inside of that and right. sometimes even the yard i mean single family home you got a whole yard right and that's part of the lease right. um where in a multifamily, the yard is not part of the lease other right. than you get to use it but you don't you don't have s- perfect Complete rights access, to it right right and so i see it as totally different right and so I think that they, y- the Second Amendment totally applies there. Now, really, the Second Amendment is that government can't infringe on the rights to weapons, okay. the rights to arms. Right. And so when you have an owner of a single-family home, they're not the government. So can they infringe? Yeah, they probably so can. So they probably have the right to, but is... They, they, they have right. a right Right. But the Second Amendment is also a deep down right of I have this God given right. This right. isn't given to me by the government. Right. This is given to me by God to right. have it and be able to protect myself in my home. Yes. I own the inside of this thing while I'm paying. Well it rent. is backed up by government because it's a constitution, right? It's a second amendment. Well, when I talk, when I mention government, I mean government can't say you can't have a gun. Private can say you can't have a gun, but the fact that I have a constitutional right trumps the private saying you can't. Okay. So that's how I look at it. That's my interpretation of it. Okay. And so I think the landlord is in much better shape, much more protected by by. St- by saying, yeah, you'd have a, you'd have a weapon, but there are going to be a few little things, the crime free addendum, the background, and this weapons provision in the lease. And now, did, did I have a duty to deal with this in a reasonable way? Yeah, and I did. I dealt with it in a reasonable way. I have certain restrictions. Right. And if I see something's wrong, I'm going to evict this person. And so if something happens because this person uses a gun improperly, hey, they agreed they wouldn't. I told them they couldn't. I did a background. It didn't look like they had a propensity to do anything like this. Right. I'm good. Yeah, you're not a fortune teller. You can't call the future. You just do your absolute best. So let's close up this podcast and just say this Martinez case is if you should have or could have known, you will be responsible. But it doesn't mean that if you allow guns that you you should have known people are going to commit murder or commit crimes with it. It just, those are not the facts. How many guns are in the United States? More than people. There are 393 million guns. More than people, and probably how many of the percentage of the population owns guns? Uh, 33% owns most of those guns. Okay. So we're all sitting on three, four, five weapons of us that are pro-gun. Right. Okay. Perfect. I would love to see a correlation behind FICO scores and background checks of gun owners and FICO scores and background checks of non-gun owners. And I'm just as a PI putting information, what I look at every day, I'm going to tell you that the FICO scores most likely will be higher and the criminal histories will be better on those who own guns. The majority of gun owners, not to get political, have proven to be very responsible. I know hundreds Uh, of gun owners. I don't know any of them with a criminal record. I don't know. I I have never touched a gun that's killed anybody. And I've touched many, many of guns before. So, but don't, don't want to go down the political road. Just want to let you know as a landlord what your rights are and the best way to handle it. Some of this is not figured out yet. Some of this we'll see going through the Supreme Court. 
um, you know, people have different opinions on, on this topic. But go ahead and put that uh, clause in your lease. E- email us again, info at rentperfect.com, uh, and we'll also send you a crime-free addendum if you need it. Denny, we always appreciate your insight, and be it'll here. be fun to kind of watch where this goes. And uh, until next time, continue to rent. Perfect.